Welcome to the second part of the podcast on land readjustment and land pooling in India. In the first part, I talked about the historical background of the mechanism. The focus of the second part is Gujarat's TP mechanism and its pros and cons. Finally, the podcast ends with a few pointers to improve and expand the practice. At this point, let me also state that the views expressed in both the parts of the podcast are personal and subjective based on the experience as a practitioner in the private sector. And responsibility of any errors, if uh, any, uh, remains mine. Now let's look at how the town planning scheme mechanism is practiced in Gujarat in the present day and context. Our planning legislation, the GDPUADA, mandates 1. The delineation of development areas. 2. Creation of development authorities to carry out the function of planning in these areas. And 3. The plans that are to be prepared along with their processes and protocols. So to begin with, a development plan is prepared for the entire planning area. The development plan is a comprehensive strategic document uh, for the development of the entire city for the next 10 years. It spells out the future growth uh, patterns, um, strategies, uh, major infrastructure requirements, large-scale amenities and is accompanied by a set of regulations to carry out development. The town planning schemes are then prepared for smaller portions of the area in a continuous manner for the entire plan period. In the TP scheme, an area is planned in detail. Access to every plot is ensured. Infrastructure such as water supply, sewerage, stormwater is planned for every plot. Area level open spaces and amenities are planned. Some plots are earmarked for creating housing for those who cannot afford uh, housing at market rates and a land bank is created to pay for some of the infrastructure. All of this is achieved by reconstituting and reshaping the land plots and in the process making them slightly smaller and using the land appropriated in this manner to provide for all of the above. In the process of reshaping plots, they are properly um, shaped resulting in an efficient urban uh, build form. This method of planning is called the DPTP process uh, popularly in Gujarat. Entire Ahmedabad is planned in this manner since 1925 uh, through some 450 town planning schemes. The early town planning schemes appropriated about 25% of the land from each land owner. The practice became tedious and long drawn by the 19, uh, 1980s. Uh, town planning schemes took very long uh, time to prepare and sanctions. Areas were getting developed before the town planning schemes could be implemented. Betterment levies that could be collected um, uh, came in much later and were inadequate uh, to meet the costs of infrastructure and the development was preceding uh, infrastructure provision, all of which resulted in an unplanned and haphazard uh, uh, character of the city. Now to counter the significant changes were introduced in the GDPUADA. The first one came in 1986, uh, and uh, which was about appropriating 10% of the total land in the town planning scheme area for providing housing for the economically weaker sections. The second most significant set of changes were enacted in 1999. The first being the reform that the planning authority could appropriate land for roads as soon as the draft town planning scheme was sanctioned by the state government. And the second most important being that the planning authority could appropriate up to 15% of the land as a land bank to be leveraged to finance the provision of infrastructure in the town planning scheme. Timelines too were ensured to prepare the draft DP scheme by the planning authority and its sanctioned by the state. 
another change that happened in the early 2000 was involvement of the private sector in the preparation of uh, the draft town planning schemes use of modern technology to carry out the surveys and preparation of the town planning schemes all of this ended up speeding up the process and creating assets for the local governments to finance the infrastructure the government of gujarat has also used the town planning scheme uh, mechanism to expand the supply of service land for industrial growth rather than allowing it to happen in and around uh, uh, the centers of industrial investment uh, in a haphazard manner so the gujarat industri- uh, special investment region act was enacted in 2009 to provide uh, for the establishment of regulation and management of large investment regions and industrial areas the planning process and enabling mechanisms are entirely modeled on the gujarat town planning uh, act the only difference is that a separate parallel institutional structure is created to speed up the process of implementation instead of overburdening the institutional uh, framework that is created within the gdp area so a regional development authority is created instead of a development authority and a regional development area is delineated instead of a development area and all approvals are granted by an apex body at the state level uh, instead of the urban development and urban housing department uh, so uh, today the tp mechanism can be used to assemble uh, land for a wide variety of purposes uh, including highways uh, some states are trying this route out to airports new towns um, etc now uh, one of the factors that make the town planning scheme a mechanism successful in gujarat or what have made it work uh, fairly well thus far so uh, the tp mechanism is a versatile tool to address several urban challenges while the primary objective of the town planning scheme mechanism is to manage peripheral urban growth they have been used effectively to realize specific objectives a 60 km long sardar patel ring road was created uh, about 150 hectares of land uh, was created for housing educational institutions uh, between amdavad and gandhinagar a large quantum of housing for poor was the focus of one of the town planning schemes in pralhadnagar and an entire historic core city was rebuilt after the earthquake in bhuj uh, to give a few examples so uh you can you know uh, do a variety of things uh, with the same tool uh, which makes it very versatile uh, in that sense the tp uh, scheme tool is also uh, a tool wherein the process is followed in a consistent manner and in a transparent manner with sufficient public disclosure the process is well outlined in sufficient detail in the legislation and its rules the process and policies are followed in a consistent and a transparent manner across all cities and towns in gujarat people know what to expect and as a result trusted completely public disclosure is built into the process at various stages there is an announcement of the town planning scheme project in uh, the newspapers before it commences um, all the proposals are put forth in the public domain at critical stages we have the owners meeting wherein all the proposals are published and explained to all the land owners after modifying the proposals they are again published and modified if required and then submitted to the state for approval once the state approves the draft plan it is in the public domain there are at least three more rounds of public disclosure as the tp scheme progresses uh, towards finalization and at all stages all tps records are available to the people 
नेक्स्ट एट द टी पी स्कीम मेकेनिज्म इज ऑल्सो अ साइमल्टेनियस टेक्नोलीगल मेकेनिज्म फॉर सिटी प्लानिंग फाइनेंसिंग एंड इम्प्लीमेंटिंग डेवलपमेंट प्रपोजल्स प्लानिंग अर्बन डिजाइन फाइनेंसिंग एंड इम्प्लीमेंटेशन हैपन साइमल्टेनियसली अंडर द टी पी स्कीम द प्लानर्स आर एबल टू थिंक एट द मैक्रो एंड माइक्रो स्केल्स कॉम्प्रीहेंसिवली अबाउट द प्रॉब्लम्स एंड पोटेंशियल्स ऑफ द एरिया टेकिंग इन टू अकाउंट टोपोग्राफी एक्सेस वॉटर लैंड यूज infrastructure rights of face parks amenities uh, etc etc the mechanism allows for raising of finance for providing infrastructure by levying development charges and creating assets in the form of land computation of both is in some sense linked with the cost of providing infrastructure while the betterment charges are not really that high or realistic and recovered at the time of granting development permissions it is the land bank that has emerged as a winner for the local governments such plots sell at a much higher price than the market price because there is a premium attached to them such plots come with clear titles are large better shaped and better located and finally it is possible to implement the plan um, under a single kind of a legislation you know the allocation of uh, well shaped plots and infrastructure happens together the new layout is endorsed by the revenue department who then creates new uh, land records and land is available uh, made available to the authority without any encumbrances uh, on which it can easily construct roads and infrastructure the town planning scheme mechanism is also a flexible tool uh, that uh, enables computation and allocation of costs and benefits in a rational and transparent manner So the TP uh, scheme mechanism has uh, very well structured and comprehensive uh, meticulous formats that record the process and decisions. The land valuation and distribution statement or the F form is the master statement which tabulates all the land owners in a sequence along with the details of their land parcels um, the number area rights tenure etc etc. The original values are tabulated and the value of the original land parcel is recorded. these are then followed by the details of the final land parcels uh, namely the size the final land value uh, etc the final land value taken into account several factors uh, such as uh, the original value the location of the final plot zoning its shape etc then the increase in the land value or increment of uh, 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 the land value for each land parcel is done the compensation to be paid for the land appropriated and the net demand to be uh, levied on each land owner is computed and also recorded in this uh, format so with the f form all land owners are brought on a single decision making platform and once prepared this form enables the planner to allocate costs and benefits in a rational and logical manner all reasons for taking decisions are documented in writing in summary um, costs and benefits can be valued and allocated in the form of land allocation um, or like levies or development rights and more importantly it is accessible to all land owners which makes the whole process again very transparent the town planning scheme is also a relatively inexpensive mechanism for planning um, development if one compares it with other methods of land supply the cost of acquiring land for physical and social infrastructure by the planning authority is reduced to zero because land is appropriated from <coughs> each land owner as the plots are reconstituted 
other costs such as uh, uh, for providing for the infrastructure, administrative uh, expenses, uh, technical surveys uh, for preparing the town planning scheme can be realized from the increments in the land value uh, and uh, also from uh, some of the land assets that are created. So the development authority can simply function uh, uh, as a no profit, no loss uh, facilitator of the whole process. All that is required is a pool of skilled planners, urban designers, social experts, economists, surveyors, uh, land record experts and engineers uh, with the development authority. The uh, TP scheme mechanism also becomes a very important consensus building tool. You know, it promotes participation and collective action. And there is uh, ample opportunity for grievance redressal. So, uh, the TPS mechanism has extensive participation of stakeholders and read that as legitimate title holders uh, at several uh, stages in the uh, process. So, uh, once the uh, town planning scheme uh, gets its consultation, a public notice is issued uh, which uh, comes in the newspapers uh, to announce the declaration of intention by the planning authority that it wants to prepare a scheme. At this point in time, anybody who may have a direct relationship with the land or not uh, can raise objections or give suggestions to the preparation of the scheme. When the scheme is ready, the development authority announces an owner's meeting. You know, again, this is published in the newspapers. And the landowners may sort of uh, give in their objections if they are not happy with the proposals or give suggestions to improve it. And the authority goes ahead and sort of modifies the layout uh, accordingly. So the development authority largely here is playing the role of a facilitator, you know, and it sort of uh, facilitates common decision making among the landowners. Once the draft scheme is approved by the state government, uh, then you have the town planning officer who takes over the scheme. And then the process is limited to the stakeholders who have a direct relationship with the land uh, parcels as owners or leases. The mechanism also offers a redress platform to the landowners at several stages uh, in the process till the end. If the owner is not satisfied then the with the proposals, uh, even after the scheme is finalized by the town planning officer, then he can go to the board of appeal uh, which is constituted. And even if that doesn't work out, then the court of law is always uh, there. The town planning uh, scheme is also a, a tool for facilitating social inclusion and social safeguards. The TP scheme mechanism allows for 10% of the land uh, uh, to be appropriated to create land parcels to create housing for poor or let's say uh, create affordable housing schemes or the AWAS Yojanas that are announced by the government from time and again. Such plots can be also used to relocate uh, slums or then relocate communities that are impacted by large-scale urban development projects. Um, examples of these can be, for example, a metro happens or bridges are constructed or when the Sabarmati Riverfront development uh, project was undertaken, then impacted communities were kind of uh, relocated or settled on some of these plots that Ahmedabad had. So in general, when a town planning scheme is uh, declared over an area, there might be slum pockets. So um, the mechanism looks at uh, uh, and respects the ownership of land as indicated in the official cadastral records. In case of a land parcel that has a slum and is recorded um, uh, in the name of a single owner or uh, multiple owners in the uh, cadastral records, 
then a single uh, final plot is allocated uh, to the uh, land owner the mechanism does not recognize informal arrangements and then the land owner uh, uh, may have had with the slum dwellers if any uh, if they are not seen on the cadaster the status quo is uh, maintained as far as land rights and tenures are concerned minimum land appropriation may be done just to ensure proper access uh, to and to facilitate infrastructure provision and regularize the shape if possible such a land parcel also may des- may be designated as an ews parcel under the 10% provision of the tp scheme and later on uh, upgraded or uh, redeveloped through other laws and policies that are there so while the town planning scheme does not recognize informal land uh, ownerships you know it does nothing to undermine them either the planners uh, take into consideration the reality the land appropriation policy in case of these parcels is not stringently applied land is appropriated to the extent possible and status quo is maintained for the residents that is they are not evicted in fact the mechanism brings in trunk infrastructure to such parcels and sets the framework for future slum upgrading if uh, planned for the tp scheme uh, can be also viewed as a tool to update and harmonize the cadaster now there are two uh, aspects to updating of cadastral information actual updating of the cadastral uh, records to reflect the change ownership subdivisions amalgamations uses tenures etc and the plethora and complexity of records that we have uh, the town planning scheme offers a unique opportunity to update cadastral records that were prepared a uh, long time ago and have not been updated since then updating of cadastral records happen uh, happens uh, in a piecemeal manner you know generally when a owner requests for it therefore it's a parcel by parcel updating on the other hand when a town planning scheme is prepared uh, the development authority collates all the cadastral records uh, the map and text records uh, whatever is there reconciles them with the actual situation on the ground this is then verified by the land records department all the existing parcels are systematically listed in numbers in original plots uh, then the development authority um, sort of makes the scheme and reconstitutes the original plots into final plots that have a different shape and size once the final scheme is sanctioned by the state government the development authority then sends these records to the revenue department for promulgation from this point the original uh, plots cease to exist and are replaced by new final plots and thus new cadastral records are created more importantly the updating of the cada- more important than the updating of the cadastral records is perhaps the harmonization and migrate integration of the records into a single system now at present there is a plethora of land records for a single land parcel one record states the ownership and tenure another gives an area and yet another will give you a map etc so um uh, and there might be other records that show the changes and mutations and there is no link between the text and map records so if a text record is updated it is not necessary that the correspondent map record is updated as well so when a town planning scheme is uh, done uh, we finally get one single record which is the f form and that can be linked to the map and the link can be made dynamic using gis system so whenever you may make changes in uh, the text or the map they they i mean it's reflected simultaneously now uh, let's sort of get on to some of the critiques of the tps mechanism as it is practiced in gujarat 
what i have said might uh, seem to uh, paint a rosy picture of the tp mechanism but that does not mean that it is without its flaws or things cannot be done better or uh, um, i mean there are no impediments in practice many people have pointed the uh, pointed out the limitations and these particularly arise from the social inclusion and safeguards perspective so let's uh, list a few of these um in practice the town planning scheme mechanism um, or the town planning schemes are often uh, mechanically prepared and therefore formulaic uh, insufficiently detailed limited in their scope and approach and uncoordinated with another now the gdpra act and rules do give some planning and technical prescriptions but these are not supported by uh, illustrated manuals to guide the planners so that the schemes are done in a consistent manner you know so over the years planners in the planning authorities and even in the private sector are largely focused on reconstituting land parcels in a formulaic manner you know you have the policy and you apply to it uh, and you try to ensure that the final plot is majorly given over the original plot uh, thereby avoiding any discontent on part of the land owners and you try to give access now um and uh, the other thing that is sort of um, uh, seen is that there's no strategy to create the land appropriations within a town planning scheme or across a group of schemes for public purpose you know to sort of create uh, better or larger amenities and so what really ends up happening is that you get these small scattered appropriations which cannot be used very meaningfully um so um uh, and um in fact the location of some of these public plots is not based on any design principles or any planning standards instead the overriding concern is to play, place one land appropriation in the middle of a block uh, that's defined by roads so that if there are any area adjustments to be done um and there are changes to be done then it's possible to do so very easily what this ends up doing is stalls uh, design innovation uh, being able to use land more in an in a more efficient manner or paying attention to water bodies natural features topography etc urban design and urban form concepts are yet to be introduced uh, consciously in the design process so an opportunity to create better and livable cities with a good urban form is lost and eventually areas uh, grow in a lackluster manner requiring redevelopment in a period of less than 20 years and we know that it is not easy to retrofit brownfield areas at a much later date uh, because it's too expensive and time consuming to deal with many land uh, ownership rights um finally even if all the tp schemes are delineated in the development plan uh, preparation of each scheme is seen in a peaceful uh, piecemeal manner and not coordinated with the adjoining scheme now this may be possible because the consultation uh, did not come in time or the development authority may not have started these uh, together uh, or anything now the result of this is that sometimes the continuity and alignment of road networks is not maintained and you sort of get these odd junctions and alignment shifts uh then let's look at the land records and database uh, creation uh, this takes a lot of time you know the process of collating the land records and getting the land revenue department to operate um, uh, approve the base map uh, process takes very long uh so this is because the process of coordination between the urban uh, department and the revenue department is weak or almost non existent 
Further, land records are of various types and have to be collected from various departments even within the revenue department. And the land records are still in the process of being digitized and um, even if they are digitized, it's very difficult to procure and some of them are still um, being corrected. So even if you get digitized records, they may not be accurate. Um, and in many cases, the records have not been updated. Um, most village maps were prepared during the British times. Subdivisions are not there. Uh, resurveys are in process. So as a consequence, uh, most records do not match with ground reality. And, uh, you know, um, all these have to be collected in a piecemeal manner and assemble uh, in the process of uh, town planning scheme. So a lot of time is lost uh, in trying to sort of put together all of this and prepare a proper base map. Next is base map that is prepared and the area statement has to be approved by the revenue department which takes even more time. So the um, and also this whole process of approval you know is at present uh, too focused on the shapes and that needs to be questioned because eventually in the land readjustment uh, process we are dealing with the area which which is uh, the most important thing and finally with no ban on sales the tp scheme documents often uh, need to be updated several times in the process you know because ownerships would change or subdivisions would have happened now you cannot stop this but technology can certainly um, help um, uh, in this whole process uh, then the next uh, is, you know, you have these extensive state approvals and control on the entire process. Uh, the TP scheme documents go to the chief town planner far too many times for uh, opinion approvals, which does uh, end up causing delays. The chief town planner position is for the entire state and is responsible for approving all the development plans, town planning schemes for urban areas, uh, along with uh, other tasks of urban policy, managing other programs and schemes of the government. So this step becomes a um, bottleneck. And the infrastructure provision and design uh, is often not adequate. Uh, typically in a town planning scheme, uh, you know, uh, four basic infrastructure is considered roads, water supply, drainage and stormwater uh, networks, which are like, you know, schematically designed and uh, estimated at much lower cost and all of this needs to sort of um, uh, be re-looked re because then the, um, the outcome is that when the draft scheme is sanctioned, the provision of infrastructure often does not happen as expected and takes much longer and the quality is absolutely low. Now we are seeing in some of the new town planning schemes that are particularly being done, you know, in Maharashtra and especially under these smart cities uh, thing, uh, a good quality of infrastructure, smart infrastructure has been included and realistically um, costed. Of course, the impact is there on the cost, but then uh, some of it is also coming through the smart city funds. So that brings me to the next point. We have to look at the financials of a TP scheme, you know, how uh, these are actually worked out. So uh, the financials of a town planning scheme are hinged on this whole process of land valuation. Because this is because the act says that the planning authority can appropriate about 50% of the increase in the value of land as a result of the town planning scheme uh, towards betterment charges. So a process of land valuation is involved. So the first thing is that the original value of the land parcel is estimated. 
This is typically based on land sales or uh, the land reckoner values or the jantri as we call it in Gujarat, uh, which deviates in some sense from the market values. So far, so good. Um, you know, that's there uh, available. Then the value of land uh, is estimated assuming that the TP scheme is completed. Now, it is not possible to estimate or predict with any reasonable accuracy the final land values uh, as we do not have uh, systems in place that capture land value data on a continuous basis for years over cities. Future land valuations for various purposes today are estimated by different agencies, valuation firms and are at best guesstimates. Since this becomes controversial or contentious, the planning authorities uh, end up taking a safe way out. They reverse calculate the cost that is to be recovered, which includes infrastructure, administrative and legal expenses. These are then sort of converted into per square meter values and added to the original plot value by doubling them approximately. Some factor will be added uh, for the location advantage of the plot, proximity to certain public purpose plots, etc. And this doubling is done because you can only take half the value of uh, land value increases as betterment. Some iterations are done and uh, uh, the final plot values are uh, kind of arrived at. Clearly, the implications are um, lower the cost to be recovered, lower are the increase in the land values. Uh, generally, increments are worked out in such a way that they are easy to implement. Otherwise, the people object to the town planning scheme if the betterment charges went very high, you know, because um, it's like you're taking the land also and you're taking such a high betterment too. Uh, the, so, the outcome was in the past that betterment charges were never adequate and uh, realized much later and therefore unable to finance the TPS infrastructure. It is because of this that the land bank was uh, introduced. The estimated market values are much lower. So, the TPS is not uh, really being used or uh, fully exploited as a land value capture tool as one would like it to be uh, and the land value increases, um, you know, I mean increase over time and are not sort of captured well. Landowners are happy because they pretty much uh, get to keep the gains from the land value increases over time. The other concern here is the revenues from a town planning scheme are not ring fenced. The betterment uh, goes into the general fund of the planning authority and could be spent for anything. Infrastructure is uh, not implemented specifically for a town planning scheme from its resources. Uh, for example, a sewerage system is a part of a larger city level system and is done along with it and when funds come from it uh, for from another project or anything. The same could be said for water supply or any other infrastructure. So it's never possible to correlate the finances uh, generated in a town planning scheme to the infrastructure spending on it. Uh, maybe some accounting systems could help kind of fix this. Um, in Bhutan and Nepal, we've actually seen that this is ring-fenced and happens. Uh, the method of valuation, costing of infrastructure and betterment charges therefore needs to be streamlined. Um, both sources of revenue are never available uh, upfront and uh, you know uh, realized much later in the process. Uh, in the meantime, the local authority um, or the bodies ne will need some seed money to finance infrastructure related uh, works. So perhaps a dedicated fund for this uh, may be created at the state level uh, from where authorities uh, may borrow. 
then the institutional uh, capacities if one talks about then um, there are very uh, there are very severe staffing issues uh, both in the town planning department and the development authorities they usually understaffed uh, there is a vacancy rate of about 30% at any given point in time the staff we all know is made to handle multiple duties um, apart from planning jobs that they have to do uh, they will be involved in elections special uh, campaigns and now they will be on covid duty also and therefore they are uh, not able to dedicate time to planning tasks further a wide range of staff is required to create uh, the land readjustment land pooling schemes for example you need planners urban designers landscape um, planners architects social safeguard specialists etc so you need sort of a whole uh, range of professionals but most staff uh, in the authorities are like you know uh, not well qualified engineers diploma holders and uh, who have neg- negligible or low understanding of planning issues so the outcome is definitely on the quality of scheme that is produced um, the capacities in the private sector at this point in time are also low in that sense layouts and uh, uh, town planning layouts and tv scheme documents are prepared in a routine manner without much innovation following the traditional way of doing uh, things you know like we've done these things from the last 100 years and they continue to be done in the same manner uh, then uh, we also see is insufficient community involvement in the design and planning process the gdp area prescribes several points of engagement throughout the tp scheme process um, Uh, however most of these occur after the first draft is prepared and it presented to the land owners the act does not prevent you uh, from doing more rounds of consultation uh, with the stakeholders a planner can do so if he she wishes to uh, and this we have seen has happened for example in the case of the preparation of the town planning schemes in buj there was a systematic engagement process uh, in place uh, before the draft scheme was kind of uh, put out to the land owners this was possible because the private sector was brought in in the preparation of the draft scheme and the pre- process of engagement was made a part of their terms of reference this however uh, still continues to be an exception than the norm uh, because um, the kind of engagement process that was carried out in buj required a massive effort and a lot of time uh, which the authorities with their current staffing patterns and capacities are unable to do so authorities um, and the state governments are still very guarded about involving the private sector on a regular basis because they perceive this as losing control over the process and are very wary of intentions of the private sector now um it's sort of mentioned two practices uh, that have uh, some ideas to offer uh, the two practices in land pooling that are worth looking at uh, and have some clues to offer uh, which can improve the tps practice in gujarat particularly from the viewpoint of community participation and involvement in the process are uh, the first one is in nepal Uh, in the land pooling law that they have uh, the creation of a user committee is mandated and is part of the institutional structure that is created to undertake a land pooling scheme the user committee comprises of representatives of the land owners in the land pooling scheme and um, they are involved in uh, like determining the design policies and the layouts as well as helping the statutory authority uh, with the records surveys uh, convincing the people etc 
this considerably eases the pressure during implementation uh, and they are also involved during the implementation and eventually the land assets that are created in the land pooling scheme are handed over to them bhutan too has a similar provision of formation of a consultation committee which plays a great role as a bridge between the people and the local government um now um i'm coming to the end almost and i'll end with a few uh, lessons or thoughts for expanding and improve uh, improving the tp mechanism uh, over a few aspects the first thing is a land contribution ratio um, at present we see a wide range in the land contribution uh, ratio that is there across the states in india while gujarat has maintained it between 35 and 40% maharashtra it varies uh, between 40 and 60% and in amravati we saw it was 70% now this difference is largely linked to the cost to be borne and the amenities to be provided in gujarat there is an approximate percentage of land allocated towards different uses you know streets open spaces amenities ews and the land bank in maharashtra the computation of these is linked with the state wide norms for planning and the result is that even 50% of the land contribution is not adequate as the norms are very high in amravati the cost of the whole host of social and economic benefits uh, were loaded on the land pooling scheme and therefore there was a very high land contribution ratio so um uh, it it's something that has to be kind of uh, thought through and uh, taken a call on a high contribution ratio works in situation where the original land values are depressed and the project would add to the development potential as seen in case of amravati or the naina town planning schemes uh if one balances the amenities to be provided uh, particularly in the post covid times and a reasonably good quality of infrastructure to be provided about 45% land contribution ratio appears to be appropriate however you've got to sort of balance this out with betterment charges um, etc still this would in no way be able to ensure a complete social inclusion that is if you are talking about the non title land holders holders and livelihood losses etc which would need uh, additional support from public agencies then uh, having a better structured and improved uh, process part of the problem lies in the way the gujarat town planning act and its rules are framed there are a confusing mix of enabling provisions uh, planning and procedural prescriptions several amendments have been made uh, resulting in the introduction of clauses in various sections where they best fit and then there are, then we have the government resolutions circulations and checklists that have been introduced over time uh, which make the whole process cumbersome and opaque the technical and uh, planning prescriptions are not sufficiently articulated or illustrated by say manuals the enabling provisions and procedural and planning prescriptions could be segregated the act could contain the enabling provisions the procedural prescription and format could be prescribed in the rules and the planning prescriptions could be illustrated uh, in a more elaborate and comprehensive manner in a series of manuals the manuals could deal with various aspects from preparing base maps to public participations to principles of design approaches um, guidelines um, etc this would make the whole process transparent and easier for people to understand too 
and uh, it would also enable the amendment of rules and uh, manuals uh, to be done in a much uh, uh, faster and easier way if need, things needed to be kind of improved or changed then the role of state government and the uh, chief town planner currently the state government uh, reviews both procedural and planning aspects of a town planning scheme uh, and there are several rounds of reviews this severely impedes the town planning scheme process you know you have the scrutiny of uh, scrutiny of procedural aspects can be streamlined if the gdpra act and uh, rules are sort of restructured and simple checklists are devised to verify if the procedures have been complied with the uh, the concept of deemed approvals is brought in or conditional approvals is brought in this can substantially reduce the workload at the state government level scrutiny of planning issues can also be streamlined if manuals are prepared as said or uh, further a better system of reviewing plans can be introduced by outsourcing the service to competent private sector uh, professionals so simplifying and limiting the number of times a chief town planner is consulted uh, can also make a lot of difference the chief town planner is consulted 6 times in the entire process of preparing a tp scheme the approval audit on behalf of the chief town planner can be uh, simplified by limiting it to examining um, uh, or saying that you know that the development authorities or the town planning officers have fulfilled the various conditions that are required to take a tp scheme or not Uh, etc having simple checklists and documents uh, can considerably streamline the process and reduce the burden at the state and speed up the process of uh, approvals then um, the base data and land records as we uh, already spoke about the land records need to be streamlined at the state once and for all and this would not just help the planning process but in a sense it's a reform that is required at at a at a larger level planners spend a considerable amount of time and effort collating the cadastral information uh, there are a variety of records often not updated and uh, the lack of coordination between the revenue department and the urban department makes the process uh, more difficult so uh, digital uh, accurate and updated uh, land records for urban areas need to be built at the state level uh, and once built they must be updated as soon as a mutation or a change occurs they should be uh, also uh, made easily accessible and the use of technology can uh, make this um, possible and uh, finally uh, one needs to increase the involvement of land owners um, the land owners are consulted at various stages in the process but never really party to the process or owning the process while the planning authority can increase the consultations perhaps having a consultative committee or a users committee formally incorporated uh, in the legislation and the planning process may make a difference and insulate the process uh, from later interventions by the politicians uh to sort of um, the tp process uh, also needs to recognize the legitimate i mean the tp process recognizes the legitimate and the title land title land holders but perhaps cognizance also needs to be taken care of the unauthorized occupants because this does create issues during the process of implementation as is seen in some of the schemes but these uh, this can become a uh, separate plug in or a cell within the tp department you know that deals with these issues 
so that the planning uh, process is not stalled or uh, burdened on account of this and this also may mean a slightly higher land appropriation uh, but then given what we've seen in covid i mean you know we need to address this whole overcrowding of areas and cities because either way the costs are eventually borne by the economy at large um, directly or uh, indirectly and uh, uh, the institutional uh, capacity building uh, is necessary in both uh, public and private sectors you know you have so you need to have dedicated staff to undertake town planning schemes i mean that would be more useful than having a common pool that is there in every department you know and that's doing everything making development plans issuing development permissions and all other uh, duties that come in their way vacancies need to be filled up or then the the public staff is used in a judicious manner to perform statutory tasks and uh, uh, use of private sector is made extensively to kind of uh, fill in the gaps apart from the adequacy in numbers the skill sets of the planning staff also need to be considerably improved computer literacy domain knowledge communication and consensus building skills and a good understanding of the gtpa act needs to come in and also a mix of professionals is required you know you need the planners engineers architects communication experts social experts um, etc uh so given the pace of growth uh that's sort of likely to happen and the dearth of uh, technically qualified uh, personnel systematic efforts need to be uh, made to building uh, planning capacities both in the public and private sectors efforts could range from capacity building programs short courses operating more planning courses or increasing the capacity of existing ones to generate more professionals quality improvement programs for teachers uh, instructors uh, building up databases of best practices and sharing them organizing symposium conferences um, etc and um, Uh, finally uh, you need to increase the involvement of the private sector uh, the private sector agencies uh, though not very well developed are being used for surveys uh, and the tasks of repairing town planning schemes until the draft stage and eventually uh, when you have to do demarcation uh, when the schemes are finalized so the scope of tapping the private sector needs to expand considerably uh, having town planning officers from the private sector or perhaps then providing technical assistance to these officers to speed up their tasks uh, uh is a possibility um, and this will also need uh, capacity building within the private sector you know so that they kind of uh, are able to uh, perform these um, uh, tasks uh with this uh, we come to the end of part 2 of this podcast and i hope it has been useful I thank you all for your time and patience uh, for listening in. Thank you.